Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Dr. Simon, and I do a show that I call the Stories We Live By. And uh, I've been doing a lot of shows since the uh, election, and part of the reason, and certainly it is the motivation for this uh, show, is a feeling of fear, a feeling of near despair at what I see in the political process and the person who has taken over the leadership of our country and the people that he's appointed. In order to... um, keep myself sane. And so, uh, I want to talk about uh, certain kinds of behavior. And the behavior I'm interested in is an individual or individuals who search for endless power, who uh, must be in control at all times, who cannot ever accept any kind of criticism, who bullies people, Uh, who shames people, who uh, acts in ways that don't take into account the feelings, the fears, the anxieties of other individuals. And so, uh, I'm not going to mention names. Uh, It's clear who I'm talking about. But it also may be someone in your life that I'm talking about. And so, I want to talk about uh, the dynamics, the inner dynamics that can possibly help explain the behavior of the Uh, the individual that I can be talking about, uh, whose behavior is this, or anybody you know, very often operates from a shame-based system. Now, shame is a very interesting emotion. When I was coming along as a psychologist, and my years as a clinical psychologist, the emotions that most often were discussed were anxiety and guilt. Shame... Uh, It was rarely talked about. In our society, the the, uh, moral-based emotion is guilt. If you break rules, if you don't live up to standards, you feel guilt. In many societies, particularly where uh, the individual is less important than the group, shame uh, pushes for the normative behaviors, for the more the behaviors considered appropriate and normal. Shame is an emotion, and we've all experienced shame, I would assume, makes you want to hide. When you're really embarrassed, filled with shame, we say things like, I wish the ground would swallow me up, I wish I could disappear. When we're ashamed of ourselves, uh, we can't look at ourselves. And we'll say things like that. I can't look at myself in the mirror because I'm so ashamed of what I've done. So shame is a punitive emotion that's unbearable. 
And shame can be about anything and created by anyone, especially the people who are important to us. The the, uh, notion uh, of a shaming parent is one uh, that I'm interested in and want to talk about. When a child does not live up to the standards of some important adult, that adult will look at them and say things that say, you disgust me, you shame me, I hold you in contempt. Now, this can be said verbally, and it can be said uh, with an expression. It can be said with body language. And when young children are shamed, it makes a very, very powerful statement. To have your father, your mother, or somebody look at you and say, you're not good enough for me. You're disgusting in my eyes. Uh, is incredibly powerful and incredibly punishing. Now, I don't know the dynamics of the person you're thinking of, nor do I know the social dynamics of the person uh, we may all be talking about held in common. But my guess is that's what happened. When you can't say, I'm sorry, you feel guilty forever. But when you can't crawl away or hide away or do something to stop the look of disgust on the, of the loved one, somebody who cares for you, someone who you live with 24 hours a day, seven days a week, all of your childhood, all through your life, it becomes uh, uh, probable and very possible that you internalize that sense of shame. And as the self develops, you see yourself as shameful. Now, I'm going to do a separate show on women and shame because women feel shame and are shamed very often about their bodies. Now, that's changing as women become more independent, as they become more professional, uh, as the normative demands on what it is to be a woman changes. But even still today, for many women, maybe most, and certainly when you go back into the past, not too many years, the, the standard of, of uh, being successful as a female was very often on how they look, how their appearance, uh, how they dress, uh, and body shape. And so much has been written in recent years about what happens to girls whose bodies whose faces don't meet the standard of beauty that Madison Avenue and, and uh, the, t- the movies and TV, be a good person, to be an appropriate person, to be loved, to be cherished. I'm going to leave this for another time. The issue I want to deal with today is what happens, shame in men. And very often, uh, I could just back up, one can do something without anybody else shaming them and feel shame if we hold ourselves for a certain act or acts as disgusting, as, as contemptuous. But very often, the dynamic we're going to be talking about, the, the, the endless search for power, for money, 
uh, uh, for control over others uh, comes from not being able to step out and feel a sense of pride coming from the important people in our lives, fathers, mothers, maybe teachers. Um, that creates certain dynamics. And very often in our society, becoming a man and living up to the standards, the social standards and the idiosyncratic standards of our own families as a man become the source of what is shamed. Uh, somebody, a father who wants an athlete, a father who wants uh, a, a strong boy, uh, a mother who wants a highly intelligent child, someone who excels in school, may be ashamed of the individual. Uh, for boys, very often, it is athletics. It is the ability to compete. It is the ability to shine uh, in areas of competition. And where a boy cannot do that, it threatens a sense of masculinity and makes it very hard to say to the world, I am a man, without being at feeling pride and feeling a sense of real success and pleasure in masculinity, in being uh, a male role. Uh, I used to play tennis with somebody many years ago, uh, and I stopped playing with him, because it wasn't enough for him to win, either with me or anybody else. We had to be vanquished. We had to be destroyed. That uh, was, was, uh, uh, that was the goal. Everything with him was a blood sport. And when things become a blood sport, because an individual feels they must vanquish other men to prove that they're a man, then you have something very unpleasant. Put two guys together on a tennis court or on a team who compete with each other and are dealing with an inner sense of shame and are fearful of any kind of uh, loss, are fearful of not being the best and not vanquishing everybody that they come up against. And you have a competition that can turn violent and can turn very ugly. Individuals uh, who are men and have to see themselves as economically successful can never make enough money if they have at the core of their identity a sense of shame and that I am not a real man unless I have more money than anybody else. This leads to a tremendous drive for economic success at whatever cost. Cheating, stealing, uh, 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 taking out debt and letting everybody else hang with it is okay. Because if I have more then I am a man, I am real, I am strong, and you are nobody, and you are nothing. It's a very painful way to live. Sexual prowess. When an individual brags about the size of his genitalia and how wonderful he is in bed, uh, one can bet that 
having sexual relations with that individual can be a real chore because sex without affection, sex not enjoyed uh, for its own sake, sex that doesn't contain playfulness is like any other game in, that becomes a blood sport in which someone is trying to prove something. That becomes an unbearable thing because it's not to enjoy the sex. It's to prove I am a man and nobody uh, is better or stronger than me as a man. Anybody know anybody like this? Such an individual can never take criticism. You can't, you cannot be criticized because to be criticized is never in a shade of gray. It's not that you were criticized and you can think about, gee, do I have to improve something? The ugly monster of shame is immediately aroused. The person who criticizes you is the enemy, an enemy to be vanquished, an enemy to be shut up, to be stopped, uh, to avoid any sense of criticism. On the other hand, such an individual will criticize everybody because in order to feel masculine, to feel strong, to feel powerful, everybody else has to be put down and shamed and bullied. And I believe the evidence for my theory, and it is a theory, it is a theory. Um, uh, I'm not, I've, I've talked to many men over the years who demonstrated the theory because they could admit, they could see how ashamed they felt of not making enough money, of not being good enough in bed, of not, uh, whatever it happened to be, not being good enough in sports, not living up to the, uh, the, the shame-avoiding standards of a parent in one way or another. Uh, if I'm talking about someone I don't know, it's theoretical. But when someone is always shaming others, when a man says a woman is fat and she's ugly, or if she's old, I wouldn't even look at her uh, sexually, uh, constantly demonstrating a sense of his prowess, uh, then my guess is, and I'll stand with it until proven otherwise, that this is an individual who feels shame. Now, one of my favorite uh, theorists, one of my favorite, was uh, Karen Horney. I've spoken about her before. When Horney looked at individuals who seek power, who seek control, and can't admit to a feeling of weakness, can't ask for help, have to do it all themselves, not seek advice from anybody. This individual who's driven does not seek advice, does not seek the counsel of others, because this individual will say, I know more than anybody. I know I'm better than anybody. Under that circumstances, how can this individual ask for any kind of help or advice? What happens if you can't say, I feel ashamed, own it, and thereby ask, what do I have to do to improve myself? Or how do I understand my upbringing so that I see that the person who shamed me or the people who shamed me, for no other reason than I didn't live up to their standards, 
were themselves operating in a sense of shame. And I don't have to do anything to make myself better. I have to reevaluate where the information is coming from. And that's one of the reasons I really, really love doing therapy and was in my own psychoanalysis for three years. Why I love the process, because it creates a non-judgmental situation in which people can do exactly that. They can evaluate the motives of others, their own motives, ask what it is they want to change about themselves so that they don't feel so shameful. Or they can discredit the source of the shaming so that they realize it's not their problem, but it really is someone else's, someone else who shamed them for the same reason they may be finding themselves to be shaming others, embarrassing others, putting people down. But what Horney describes so beautifully is that when an individual can't do any of that, when there's no growth, when they seek power, they seek more and more and more power until they are way beyond their own limit to control the life or the work that they're trying to do. And it's very interesting how many individuals who operate this way may have great skill. They may make tremendous amounts of money. They may do very well in politics. They may do very well in sports. But once something becomes driven this way, and the individual finds himself constantly feeling the thing they're most afraid of, a sense of failure, a sense of shame, a sense of being nobody, then they go into a hyperdrive. They become more and more uh, unstable. They have more and more of a possibility of breaking down, of doing extreme and rash things. Um, I once saw somebody uh, who took his golf clubs because he missed a shot and threw them in the water. And I've heard stories like that. Uh, I felt that myself sometimes. And then ask, why am I ashamed of not doing well? Who am I embarrassed? In whose eyes am I embarrassed? Or who's important enough for me to feel a sense of shame that I missed a stroke or I didn't do well in a particular area of my game? An individual who climbs to the top of the corporation, of the political system, and is driven by shame becomes increasingly uh, a problem, a danger to himself and everyone else that he's trying to control. Unlimited power, unlimited wealth, unlimited anything eventually damages and destroys the individual who seeks that kind of power, who can't take a day off, who can't stop, who can't relax, who can't ask for help, who can't delegate authority, who has to do it themselves, becomes more erratic and more exhausted, and all kind of sense of weakness, again, is infused with this unacceptable, unbearable feeling of shame and has to be avoided at all costs. 
Ah. So, I don't know what else to say. I think I've said what I wanted to say. Uh, as we watch individuals who behave like a bully, who can't take criticism, who are constantly trying to take on uh, more power, uh, damage more people, uh, the sense of danger for them and for those of us who can be affected by their behavior uh, becomes more frightening and more serious uh, and and uh, becomes a very serious, serious, awful problem. Well, if anybody hears this and wants to call in, uh, I've sent out a message uh, on my Facebook account. I sent out a Twitter I don't have a hell of a lot of people following me. I don't know where it goes and uh, who picks it up. Uh, I do this again because it makes me feel sane. It makes me feel uh, in the face of some giant bully, some individual who, uh, without regard for the feelings or the needs uh, or the pain of other people, uh, and just does because it's his need to be a man, his need to be in control, his need to be able to say he's always right, his need to be able to say, I'm the smartest, the strongest, the most powerful man in the world, and no one can stop me, and has to bow down, and constantly uh, uh, be a psychophant to me, tell me how wonderful I am, how fabulous I am. Uh, this becomes more and more terrifying to me. Uh, if you live in a house with such an individual, very often, men like this beat their wives, shame their wives, shame their girlfriends. Um, and if the individual, the woman, uh, and this is, again, I've talked about this in other broadcasts, and I won't do it again here in any extensive way, says, you are right, I am ugly, I am shameful, I am hideous. Uh, this can lead to a cycle of violence, a cycle of, of depression uh, in the individual who is being abused, an acceptance of the abuse in the face of the uh, perceived superiority of the abuser and often ends up in death or maiming of the individual because the more damage done, the more fear and shame in the individual who does the damaging and the more the cycle escalates to a point where it is uh, destructive to everyone who is in contact with the individual. You know what? I've said what I wanted to say. Uh, enough is enough. Uh, okay, I wish us all luck. For those of you who live with a bully, I wish you luck. Uh, I wish you strength and, and cunning and, and, and an understanding of your own psyche so that you don't have to accept and you find a way to get out of the bullying situation. Uh, and that's enough for tonight. Okay? Take care. And I'm going to end my episode.